Well, hello and greetings. My name is Will Shine, and I'm happy to host this episode of Forecast, a podcast brought to you by Foreshadow Magazine, an online magazine featuring writing and other media that all point to the kingdom of God. Today, the guest of Forecast is September Penn. September Penn is a pastor, theologian, musician, and entrepreneur. September, welcome to Forecast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be with you. As a brief uh, caveat, September and I have known each other for a few years now and have done a lot of collaborations in varying capacities. Uh, we met at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, and uh, it was there that uh, I first encountered September as the singer. So September, tell us a little bit about yourself, and in particular, tell us about your background in music. Um, I think I probably came out of the womb singing. Um, my whole family, they're singers, musicians, and some of my very earliest memories as a child are from our Friday night rehearsals with our family singing group. Yeah, nice. um, from like four years old. And um, we would gather in our family living room, my grandfather, um, my whole family, my, my brothers, my sister, and um, some friends of the family who were part of the family singing group. So, I mean, I just grew up singing, singing in churches. Um, there was this thing in, in Virginia, in, in North Carolina and Virginia on the East Coast, um, they have, um, and I'm sure they have them on the West Coast too, but I think they're a little bit more in the rural America, um, mm -hmm. called Saturday Night Sings, where different singing groups, family groups, churches, they come together, you know, at, at whatever the church is that evening, and they all just, they go through the whole program, and we're just singing, it's like a concert, we put it on for ourselves, and we participate in those for many, many years, so that was a lot of fun, that, that's my first introduction, and um, just, you know, through the churches, then at Virginia Tech, I kind of started honing my, my choir skills a little bit more, um, singing with the Voices of Expression at Virginia Tech, and um, started uh, having a greater appreciation for the the art form of choir of choir you know choir production choir choir presentation and um really just started embracing that so i don't know how much deeper you want me to go but yeah <laughs> i am a i'm a singer i'm a singer <laughs> yeah first and foremost i suppose that's great well that's a great transition actually because like i said i met you at fuller seminary which is not a music school but we did have uh, chapel programming and i know you came in and uh, almost immediately were asked to direct the, the seminary choir mm -hmm. and sang with the chapel staff. But you also kept doing something that you had started uh, previously in another sort of season of life. Uh, you had come from, I think, where I'm at now, actually. You were in uh, Southwest or, or Midwest Florida, <clears throat> the Tampa yeah. Bay area. And you had started with your husband, Ivan, a, a nonprofit that has to do with uh, the arts and singing. And you had done some productions. And I know I've now participated in uh, the major production and then some other things, but tell us a little bit about uh, your journey uh, in this part of the world and how you came to form the, the nonprofit, The Power of Song, and, and what that production was like, and then how, how it's kind of continued to grow and uh, what role it plays in sort of uh, informing your, your idea of, of what the kingdom of God looks like or what glimpses of heaven mm -hmm. on earth look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we landed in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is there in the Tampa Bay. We landed there in 2006, and that was after being in, um, in Northern Virginia, I'm sorry, in Northern um, California. We were in Palo Alto, California at that time. 
uh, and uh, my husband had a fellowship at Stanford University and he was studying with Dr. Claiborne Carson. Dr. Carson is one of the renowned civil rights historians. Um, okay. yeah. uh, he had been entrusted with um, all of the journals, all of the papers of Dr. Martin Luther King uh, by Coretta Scott King wow. in, in 1985. And the reason why I have to share that part was because it was Dr. Carson that really, really kind of woke up, woke me up to the importance and the relevance of freedom songs, of the music of the civil rights movement. While I had grown up, you know, hearing some of these songs and I'm most familiar with them, I did not have the appreciation of how relevant they were and how really they, they, they it was the tool of the civil rights movement. Wow. It was a unifying tool. <laughs> and um, there's even a quote that says, um, Dr. King knew that the people were ready to practice peaceful protests if he heard the people singing. When he went okay. to different cities, wow. if he could hear the people actually singing, they're preparing in the room. He was like, okay, these people are ready to be peaceful. These people, we can get something done here. So um, it, uh, after, you know, I started working with Dr. Claiborne Carson on his production, which was Passages of Martin Luther King. And I eventually became his music director and I had done um, several productions here, um, reading stateside, but then I also traveled with him. So by the time I land uh, in Florida in 2006, I, I, um, I've done several productions in California. We actually traveled to China in 2007 oh. and all of this is being written up in the paper. So right. people are starting to recognize me, September Penn, as, oh, she's a, she's a freedom singer. Oh, she sings all this music. Right. And I have been uh, invited by different organizations, you know, just to do community events, um, uh, community events at a museum, different openings. Uh, so I, in the community, people just started kind of uh, looking to me as being, uh, if you want, you know, the Negro spirituals, if you want music from that era, September is the one to go to. I became kind of the go to. Then on top of that, um, I had also released my own CD and I had also worked with um uh, the coalition, uh, Pinellas County Coalition for the Homeless on another original production called The Cardboard Stories. I know this is a huge lead in, but there's a reason why <laughs> I no, got to give a, lot, a lot of background <laughs> as to how that nonprofit was born. Um, I had worked, uh, yeah, with the Pinellas Coalition for the Homeless and spent a lot of time with the homeless. I mean, really, um, I, I spent 48 hours on the streets hearing their stories and um, walking with, with these people, people started seeing me as a connector. They okay. said, oh, well, she, she, well, one, she knows this music so well. One, she's very embedded in the community. And um, I, I had become a bridge builder, bringing different organizations together and mm -hmm. even different denominations. Mm -hmm. While I'm an African-American woman, I was serving in a PCUSA church, which a lot of people will look at PCUSA as being you know, predominantly white, but actually our congregation was very, very, um, very multicultural, very multi multiracial. And PCUSA, that's Presbyterian Church, United States of America, right? That's correct. That's okay. correct. And um, so, I, so I, as this African-American woman, I'm connecting, you know, PCUSA churches with AME churches and with mm -hmm. Baptist churches and with churches of all these different denominations. That's because the work that I was doing, I was just bringing different people together. So here's the landing point. In 2014, my husband and I were approached by a, um, 
a, a delegate of, of, of Florida who, a representative of, of, of the state of Florida, and he basically was saying, we need a big event, a signature event that will kick off our Dr. Martin Luther King Day of Service projects. In St. Petersburg, they have one of the largest Dr. Martin Luther King holiday celebrations. I mean, they, they go all out. There's the parade, of course. They've got the Battle of the Bands. Wow. And, they, and they've got all of these, um, there are other events, but then they have these huge, um, they had this huge roster of community service projects. But the problem was they had these, uh, they didn't have people, volunteers showing up. So, so yeah. they would offer, you know, they would offer grants to different organizations, whether they're giving out free haircuts or helping to um, uh, providing wardrobes for, 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 you know, the homeless, help, uh, uh, even giving, you know, providing interview skills, all of these wonderful community building and people building um, volunteer programs were taking place. Uh -huh. But people were not actually coming to actually do the thing, which is volunteer. Yeah. yeah. So the first year they, they, they hired us to create an original song production. And it was really just to bring awareness to the community. One of these volunteer programs and then also some <clears> of the history and, you know, and music drives people. Music wakes people up. <laughs> sure. uh, come, A mobilizing come event, it sounds like, right? It, Exactly. That's exactly what it was. So people were being educated, they were being entertained. And the first year we did the production, the volunteerism rate went up 60%. Wow. So yeah, exactly. So people just signed up, they showed up. Um, that year was a huge success. And so four years, you know, we actually ended up doing it for four years in a row. And each year the volunteer rate would go up a little bit. So wow. um, it was in 2015, after the first year that we did the production, that we realized, you know what, with all that we're doing, with how we are actually as a couple, my husband and I, and the production that we had created, with us doing so much work, bringing people together, and you know, we had to go to another, uh, another nonprofit to be our fiscal agent. We said, we, we need to be our own nonprofit. We need to actually be managing our own money um, and, and some, some way so that we, the act, so, so the production actually gave birth to the entity. Okay. The production gave <laughs> birth to the nonprofit. So that's, that's in a nutshell, which has a really big nutshell, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> that's in a nutshell how the power of song was born. Um, right. Because um, we, you know, we've done youth ministry in the past. We've, um, we've been youth pastors, my husband and I. We've always done, you know, whether it's theater work, music work, um, in this particular nonprofit, we can house all of it together. We've got mentoring programs that take place. So it, it really became an umbrella for all of the, the various places uh, and the various um, projects that we've been doing. Yeah, yeah it sounds like it sounds like the, the, the rubber had met the road, proverbially speaking. You are already doing a, a work that you felt compelled to that that, again, is, mm -hmm. is connected to sort of a, a musical passion that you have. Um, yes. First indeed, and foremost, indeed. and then out of that passion, out of out of just that practice, it sounds like in some way, um, these other things have sort of happened. You became you became renowned for doing a specific thing because you said yes at a certain point and yeah, got involved, right. plugged in, <clears throat> and it's it's sort of your your story has sort of been written for you, I guess. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. But but I, yeah, I had to say yes. Um, and even going all the way back to Stanford, when Dr. Carson asked Ivan, you know, are you, are you here alone? Or, or did you bring, are you with someone? And he said, I'm here with my wife and my children. And when Dr. Carson asked Ivan, well, what does your wife do? Uh, does she, does she act? And, and Ivan's response was, 
um, yeah, she's she's done some theater before and, and, and she's a singer. It, at that moment, we had literally just gotten to town. We had literally right. just moved to Palo Alto and it was right. like within two or three days, here I am meeting up with Dr. Claiborne Carson and being invited to participate in a reading. I could have said, no, I'm tired. I got to set up my house. I got to get my children registered for school, which I had to do all of <laughs> But the fact that I said, yes, it just opened up this huge um, door, this opportunity, and it actually started to completely reshape my life. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, and I certainly identify with that in a lot of ways. I, I was privileged to get interviewed for, on this podcast a couple of weeks ago by, by Josh Seligman, the founder and director of uh, mm-hmm. Foreshadow. And he... Uh, uh, some of his line of questioning illuminated that same kind of concept that, you know, it was, it was not happenstance exactly, but, you know, it was just sort of saying, yes, it was being, yeah. it was taking, it was a kind of a, 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 at a whim in a moment. And then it, it's sort of, it spilled out to being the rest of my life. And it sounds in a lot of ways, like this has sort of been your story. And I can attest knowing you as well, that you definitely, you're, you're definitely a yes lady and not in a, not in a trite way. You don't just, you know, you know, you don't just say yes and, and are not without any discretion or, or consideration, but you say yes to stuff. And I've, I, I just don't know if it, if it backfires for you, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> artist, so artist working lady in showbiz. Uh, but, uh, oh God. but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the fruit is obvious. So yeah, getting to, yeah, you definitely, and I, I probably could have asked that better, but you definitely gave us a sense of how it came to be that there is this thing called the power of song really quick, just clarify and describe what, 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 like, what's the tagline for the power of song? What, what is it doing and what is it doing since this production sounds of the civil rights uh, that started and and has its 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 germinating process back in at Stanford and then through the years in Florida and then out in LA where I got to be a part of it as well. I know uh, how did this production then birth or create this other sort of like uh, um, organization or this agency to do more? What is the power of song doing and kind of what what is it in a nutshell? Uh, in a nutshell, um, the power ex- power of song, it educates and trains young people on um, the civil rights movement okay. um, and also other social justice issues through song, theater, and art. And um, I guess if you want to say a tagline, um, it's, it, it's our desire, uh, it's our goal to, to, to change the world one stage at a time. Uh, every time we've done the production, we have seen um, substantial changes, you know, in, in communities. Actually, it was it was stated to us the the director of um, uh, the, uh, the the chair of, of of the director there at St. Petersburg College. She said to us, September, the work that you guys have done over the last few years. She said, I have seen a rise in the community. I have seen the attitude. I have seen, um, she said, the, the, whole, the whole chemistry. She said, things are lifting. People are changing. People are more hopeful about the work that you guys are doing. Wow. And it has to do with, uh, uh, I am a musician, but I, I, I really, I, it's, it has to do with the vibrations that we're putting out. Hmm. We're connecting people. There's, there's lots of, there's a lots of you know, um, bridge building and bringing people together to talk, but there's something in the music, in the frequency, in the vibrations that we're mm. actually mm-hmm. release on the stage 
I don't want to go into the whole full, the full science of it, mm-hmm. but there is something that happens when people come together and make music. Yeah. And um, I'm still mm-hmm. researching this, but there's, you know, another, another um, researcher. Uh, he put out a book uh, a few years ago called My Grandmother's Hands. His name is uh, Resma Menachem. And he talks about the power of these bodies making vibrations, making frequency mm. on the individual level, and then also on the collective level. Wow. So um, there's something that happens in the rehearsal space when mm. you're teaching parts to young people and you're teaching parts you know, to acquire whatever. Um, there's something that happens after you take, go from that rehearsal space and you take it to the stage. And honestly, it also has to do with the intention. What is the spirit behind what you're doing? Are, is, is, it, is it a vain spirit? Mm-hmm. Is it something where I, I, I'm just, I just wanna make myself big, I wanna make myself known, I wanna do this for myself? Or really, is your intent to love on people? Is your intent to help heal people? Is your intent to, to, to help lift people and, 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 and to, um, to offer hope in your song? in your message. Mm. So whatever your mm. intent is behind the vibration that you're sending out, that's what goes. And with the power of song, you know, we're not perfect people, certainly not, but we do try to be mindful of who we work with, of who we connect with, of who we do bring to the stage, because we don't want to sow um, vainful vibrations. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. What are so good things? We really want to bring people together. We really want to love on people. We really want to show, um, put on display visually as well as audibly. We want to put on display what does it look like and sound like for the different cultures to come together, Black and white and Asian and, and, and Latino, for all of us to come together and make something together. Because there, there is something healing and powerful that happens in the making of art anyway. Sure. You know, there's, there's a whole the theology of making. There's something that happens in the making of art. So when you bring different people together, making art together, there is something spiritual that takes place. Hmm. So when you take that and you pour it over your congregation, over an audience and over a body that's, that's gathered, um, healing takes place. Wow. Sometimes they can't identify it. They just know they feel a little bit better. They leave the theater. Um, their spirits are raised. They're going home. They treat their family a little bit better. That, this is real. <laughs> I really, really, I, 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 um, I believe that in the music making, I believe that in the, in the making of vibrations with our bodies, um, when I do retreats and I, I, I've done small, small group retreats, I've done, um, I've been invited to lead like at a, a couple of uh, events, like in Malibu, and where people are gathered. I mean, I have people putting their hands on their body and we make vibrations together. We fill the room, we're humming together because there is something very powerful. And those are, those are actually two of the methods. Resma Manikam covers several methods, but two mm-hmm. specifically that he, that he offers individuals and communities are humming and singing together. Wow. There is a healing component that takes place within our whole physiology, wow. down, down into our DNA. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the word that comes to mind is resonance. I mean, and, and in a double yeah. entendre sort of way, right? It's uh, yeah. <clears throat> resonating frequency and sound that mm-hmm. the, what's happening, like you're saying in the music. And then there's resonance. There's, there's a sort of cultural or social resonance that's happening too amongst people. And yes. what, a, what a great, again, what a sort of great image, I suppose, for 
for the kingdom of God or, or, or heaven on earth. This, <clears throat> this picture that I'm getting a sense that the, the music that you're helping to produce and these productions that you're helping to do and, and these events that you're at, they, they, when you talk about them bringing a sense of healing, they're also bringing a sense of wholeness yes. and, and restoration. Uh, and, and sometimes I think people maybe get caught up in um, uh, the, the content of that, but it, even just the act of doing it and some of the content in a, on a more simple, um, like you're saying, frequency level is really the thing that's having the impact, let alone the, the text that might be yeah. associated with that thing, that there's, there's this profound uh, uh, impact or, or resonance that occurs uh, besides what, what you might say with like ling in linguistic terms, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. or do or visualize that's, that's incredible. And, and have, again, having participated in your productions and worked with you, I can definitely attest to that kind of the, that spirit being present and that palpable sort of lifting, uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that resonance in a, in a crowded auditorium, um, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, there, there is something certainly, uh, I guess you might say, imminent and transcendent uh, for fancy words that are happening, you know, <laughs> in the midst of, 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 of music making with that, with the, I guess, with the intention that you're talking about as well. So I guess um, uh, in, in lieu of that, things that you're continuing to work on now, whether that be with uh, under the umbrella of the nonprofit, The Power of Song, or <clears throat> uh, other projects or other activities you're doing, where where are you seeing other glimpses uh, of of heaven on earth in your work, or what other sorts of things would you want to share uh, with listeners of this podcast that you find important and connected to the kind of work that you've been a part of and are moving into into the future? Yeah, yeah. You know what I find really interesting right now in this particular period and season that we're in, you know, the whole world in a pandemic, mm. I am finding very interesting the use of this technology. You know, um, I know that, you know, God has given man the ability to create this, but even in using Zoom and using, um, uh, you know, Facebook Live and using these places where people are gathering online, whether they're the churches are gathering or different conferences, different retreats, I am finding that, um, and this means, I don't know how this is going to sound, but God is meeting us. The Holy Spirit is meeting us in these places. Um, some of it is certainly involving music. I've, I've led worship for a few conferences during the pandemic. And, you know, you're recording, you're, you're recording in isolation, which is weird, you know, right, right. <laughs> you, know you, you do your set lists and you, you work with your musicians and they send you, they send you the tracks and everything. And as you're getting ready to prepare yourself to record, you're praying and you're asking God to meet you in the music and that it will go into the video and it will transcend. So when the people, you know, mm -hmm. play it back, that it meets them. Um, I, I am finding the beauty of what the Holy Spirit is doing on this platform. Wow. And I have, I, I, I relate it to, and I've heard other ministers say this too, but I remember early in the pandemic, I was talking to my husband about this. I said, it feels like we're, we're, we're taking up new wineskins. Hmm. It feels like, because, you know, people have gotten so used to doing church the way we do it, going into the building and, and, and the people gather in the building. And I love that. It's beautiful. 
but it, it feels like um, so many of us, the masses of, of the church kind of took it for granted and kind of lost some of the freshness that God still wants for us. Mm. And unless we have the people have adjusted, readapted, and, and, and taking on this new wineskin. I see mm. this whole platform of Zoom and people gathering online. It's a new wineskin. And what are we doing with it? I'm finding that those who haven't grumbled and complained, and, you know, there are people who are, um, we want to gather, you can't keep us from gathering. You know, I'm, I'm, God, God is with you in your house anyway. If, yeah. if you invite God there, right? Okay. God, God's not stopping you from reading your Bible. God's not stopping you from praying. God's not stopping you. So in your own home and, and, and your brother, your sister, whoever, they're down the street, they're across the city, they're in their home. As we have invited God into our homes, God is meeting us through this these frequencies, even <laughs> over yeah. Zoom. God is meeting us. And I, and I, I, I have equated it to it's a new wineskin and God is doing something new <clears throat> in this new wineskin. God, <clears throat> God is pouring out a fresh, oil, a fresh anointing, something fresh is being poured out to the church, those who are embracing it and not mumbling and, and, and grumbling and complaining, but mm. actually, you know, we're still together. We're still feeding each other because I, I have actually watched. And this past Sunday, I was um, delighted. I was invited as a worship leader for the, a church that was born in the pandemic. Oh, I mean, wow. I think they had their very first service or couple of services were in someone's living room, but then the pandemic hit and they, they were a brand new baby church, but they have, they've seen their numbers grow. They have seen, and, and they, it's so, it's beautiful that it's, they've got African-American, they've got some Africans, they've got um, Caucasian, they've got Latina, they've got Asian American, they have all of that. So when I'm invited into their Zoom room this past Sunday to lead them in worship, I see the body of Christ. I wow. see the beautiful colors of the body of Christ on my screen, the people have gathered. And um, I, um, I, I, I was delighted. I was, I was, I was, I was like, wow, look at this beautiful embracing of the new wineskin wow. and what the Holy Spirit is doing here. Wow. A and, different um, resonance maybe, but, but resonance nonetheless. Resonance. Yeah. But, but for sure, for sure. God is still, God is still meeting us. Yeah. They are, um, they are participating in what the shifting that God is doing. Mm. And, and, and still, and still, you know, um, I, I think of, I don't know why the word peace, peace, I have been different songs of peace have been kind of riding up in me and, 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 and falling on me. And, uh, I, that even the song that I shared with them, one of the songs was peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down mm. from God above. And it came so heavily I think there is something that God is doing with us as we are not bucking back, as we as we are moving forward, as God is taking us, as we are, you know, um, we're we're still being faithful right now in the mm. pandemic. We're still showing up, mm. and God is meeting us with God's peace. That's awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you know, again, I'm I'm in in the midst of that. I I hear that like there's a there's a sense in which continuing to move forward to continuing to just go through the doors that are open is an essential part of, of what you feel compelled to do in, in your work. And one of the ways in which you're observing, you know, the kingdom of God, God's faithfulness, whatever language you want to uh, assign to that, but uh, you're, you're, you're witnessing that. And that's inspiring you and motivating you to continue in, in the work in, in various capacities, wherever that is. We enter into it.
porch with praise and we give our God the highest praise. What you got? What you got? So I guess as we conclude today, uh, is there any sort of website uh, or presence or projects that you want to plug here uh, that listeners should be made aware of and any particular projects people can uh, tune into or get on board with that, again, oh, sure. uh, maybe give a glimpse of uh, the kinds of things specifically where, where, you're, uh, uh, where you've been at work, where those things are manifesting and, and available to other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, you can always go to our website, um, www.thepowerofsong.org, and um, there's several different um, uh, s- several different screens. You can find all, all the information about the pro- uh, the productions we've done in the past. Uh, but then also, I invite you to check out Uncommon Voices Collective. We recently partnered with them. See, we're always partnering. We're always working with other organizations. But uh, for Black History Month, we partnered with Uncommon Voices Collective and we did a series of events. Um, I first would invite folks to check out the the virtual presentation of the production. Um, It is called Sounds of the Civil Rights Movement, Movement, The Power of Song. Um, It's a virtual presentation. Um, And it's full of music. It's full of music. It's full of history. Um, And I believe it will bless you. I believe it will help to uplift you a little bit. It will certainly educate you in regards of Black history and the use of music um, through the movement. Um, We also had a series of conversations. Um, The first one, and all of these were taken actually from scenes in the production. In the production, we have a scene that talks about Black women's hair and some of the problems that different Black women have encountered you know, in corporate America and the workforce. So mm. we have, we, one of our discussions was about Black women here and, and hey, how has it been for you? In corporate America, um, we had a, a, a journalist on there. Um, we've got several um, academics. Um, so sometimes even in, even in academia, you think that's like the more free, but there's, you know, sometimes there's even issues with, with Black women and how they wore their hair in academia. Um, that's the first conversation. The second one was um, uh, focusing on young Black men. And that's another scene from the production mm. um, where we talk about just various issues that young Black men in America have, have faced. And not just America, because also one of our panelists was from the UK. So he mm. talks about some of the racial issues even taking place there in the UK. And speaking of that, you know, I'm sure everyone is aware of the um, interview with uh, Oprah and um, yeah. Megan. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they talk about some of the issues there in the UK. So, and, and then the last conversation is about um, um, music, black, black culture, black music, and how it contributes 
um, to very you know social justice issues. So and and that those that those are folks straight straight from our production. Kim Nally, um, the San Francisco jazz vocalist, she's in there. Um, uh, Kenneth Olson, who is a counter tenor, um, he's um, also part of the passage singers in the production. Then myself, we're just having a little bit of a roundtable discussion, and that was actually very very rich. And Kim brings so much insight because she's also a professor at Berkeley, a history yeah. professor at Berkeley. So she brings a lot of great insight on um oh goodness so many great nuggets of of, of black music black history and and, and oh. the various connecting points throughout the ages yeah so i invite you to yep all of those conversations are you can find them with uncommon voices it's a part of the partnership with the power of song awesome awesome well we'll try to make sure we put up links when people look at this podcast, September, it's been a pleasure to, to get to chat with you. I mean, we're friends, so we, we do this occasionally anyways, but yeah. great to chat with you in this format to learn a little bit more about uh, your journey uh, as, a, as a musician and uh, as uh, someone who's started this nonprofit and, and is doing a, an interesting and exciting work. And I, I'm, I'm left with that notion of, of resonance and collaboration and these being great glimpses of, of a better world and a better world is something like heaven on earth, I think. Right. So Indeed. anyways, Indeed. Uh, thank you again, September. And uh, for uh, more about uh, uh, glimpses of the kingdom of God and uh, heaven on earth, you can go to uh, foreshadowmagazine.com. Foreshadow is an online magazine featuring writing and other media that point to the kingdom of God. Um and we will be on other various social media platforms and podcasts will soon be available on other podcasting platforms as well. Uh, if you did like this conversation, please share it with people that you think might be interested. Thanks everyone for listening. That's the forecast for today. <laughs>